Grayskull Podcast. This is episode 101. Now that we're past 100, I thought I'd try something new. Is it working for you? I hate it. Yeah. I'll try it again. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 101 of Legends of Grayskull, the fan podcast where we discuss the history, the mystery, the magic, and mythology of He-Man, She-Ray, Eternia, Theory, Nordor, Primus, New Adventures, Old Adventures, Ladybird, UK Annuals, Comics, Mini Comics, anything and everything you can think of with that He-Man, She-Ray, Masters of the Universe, Princess of Power! I'm the tall logo down in the corner. I'm Matthew Dooch, here again with Sean Skavarna. Sean, that felt a lot better. I had faith in you. And you You're delivered. Me. And above that, man, I I, I mean, wow. Like home. It's so episode 101. 101. Just think, two short episodes ago, we are at 99. Yeah, I know. Just two episodes ago, 99. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. Our numbering is interesting, but I love and it. And now we're here. Now we're, we're here. On, we're on the other side. Yeah. Mm. Do you feel differently? I don't. It feels like Tuesday to me. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a good time. We had a good episode 100, parts Mm -hmm. one and two. Um, We didn't get to everything that we wanted to due to uh, eBay and scheduling and shipping and other stuff. But you know what? That still leaves us with some stuff down the pipeline to, to come back to. So, Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, we gotta then we get back to basics for a little bit. Mm-hmm. We need to, you know, what we need to do. We need to start having some guests on here again. It's been a while since we've had some some true guest hosts. You know what I mean? I, I know episode one hundred we had Curtis and Jesse, but you know, yep. um, definitely need to reach out to the broader community a little bit again. That's something that we did early on, and. Uh, uh, I think just with this past year, just our scheduling has been insane. I mean, for that matter, one of my resol- resolves, um, res- resolutions, resolutions. God, I can't talk today. Revolution. Revolution, resolution, revelation. Revelation. Resolve, yeah. Um, but That's one of my. The third one, resolution. It'll be. We've... <laughs> Retribution. Retribution. Uh, Rebootation. Re- <laughs> regenitation regenitation rejuvenation genitals oh what, what are we doing going here? into off world watch out watch out oh watch out for the off world they'll smack you in the face 
But no, we got to start getting back back on a schedule. So that is definitely one of the things, you know, to the fans. Uh, we know there's lots of changes afoot, but uh, we are going to try and get back on track with more of a regular release for Legends. So we, ha- we have not forgotten about you guys. Legends of Grayskull is not going anywhere. But, you know, uh, definitely launching off-world definitely took some some focus away for a little bit. They're trying to get that, all, you know, up on its feet, trying to prop Curtis up. You know, he's very green in everything, and he needs a lot of help. So. <laughs> uh, no, it, and, I mean, on top of that, it's just for, for us, just the two of us, it is basically a schedule because of yeah. how things work out, so... It, we we do it when we can, and um, and it's nice to know that people are are definitely uh, listening and parts of the community. Like, um, did you want to go into it? Yeah, first, that, that's it, that's exactly what for, I thought we were going to. Because go you know, for, uh, for most of the people who already know, if you haven't been on Facebook lately, um, as you know, we recently launched the Legendati group, and mm. that kind of took on the the mantle of being the it, number one it's a private group on Facebook and a lot more people a lot of people feel freer in a private group um, mm-hmm. because not everyone's geek flag flies as blatantly as mine and Sean's and we get it I was that way for a long time you know where I only participated in geek stuff in private groups um, so that's why we created Legendati group and then with launching off world shooting the shelf, joining forces with us, and us combining. It just made sense to combine it on to the Legendati group. And uh, and so yesterday I did make the announcement that we will be shutting down the Legends of Grayskull podcast solo Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it just comes down to time and resources. You know, um, we're not Facebook group group managers. We're not David Clark. We don't need a billion T groups. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it's just like, you know, it makes more sense to concentrate on our efforts on the, the, the legend verse group in the legend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely makes sense. And I mean, already we've had a lot of uh, good response in that group. Yeah. The, the, amalgam of uh, shows we're doing in there, which it's still kind of blowing my mind. We started as Legends of Grayskull, and now we have almost like this little multiverse within our podcast yep. because of how this is going. So it's like, you know, okay, well, you know, even an, even like a year or two from now, what are we going to be doing that we didn't expect to be doing now is kind of mind-blowing to me. But yeah, it, it it has been a little more difficult for us because both of us were, you know, scheduling and all that stuff, and um, it does make a lot more sense. It's more focused, and and as Matt said, the the private group thing, it does seem to have a lot more interest nowadays because yep. you can have a little more um, freedom or whatever. Not that we want it to be like. NSFW kind of stuff, you know, but just you're, you can throw what you want to out there geek wise and just have a blast with people that want to communicate that way with you. So there you go. Exactly. 
Exactly. But yeah, lots of good people, you know, lots of people sad to see the solo group going and I get it, but you know, it's mm-hmm. just, it's, it's the time it's, you know, um, and it's just, it's just the right move to make, but we wanted to keep it up, uh, yeah, until after, honestly, Defenders of Eden, I, I didn't want to shut it down when we were using basically all groups, anything we possibly could to get Armies of Ashmore off the ground, which yeah. uh, happy to report, uh, successfully funded on Kickstarter, uh, needed 109,000 to go into production. And he ended up, uh, I'm rounding, but $149,000. If you don't know what we're talking about, you can still check out uh, Defenders of Eden, Army of Ashmore. There's the toy group on Facebook. Uh, You can still see the Kickstarter page, um, but it also went live yesterday. I probably should have pulled this up ahead of time. But I'll pull it up now because I can do that. Uh, there they are. Where am I? Uh, but they did go live on Big Bad Toy Store. Yeah. As of yesterday, which is really cool to see. Um, so there they are, Defenders of Eden. They were the top yesterday, so. Uh, but they're still up here. Slightly higher prices, but still, if you couldn't. Get in on the Kickstarter for whatever reason. Um, definitely, nope, wrong button. Definitely get over there to Big Bad Toy Store um, and support them. Now they've got everything except for the uh, Caspar, the Albino Triceratops, and the Spectral Milwick. Those were Kickstarter exclusive, but everything else you can get through Big Bad Toy Store right now. Get that pre-order in. It still goes to help Matt. Um, and I can't wait for wave two. Mm-hmm. I can't right. have wave one in my hands either, but yeah, it's all we can do now is wait. Yep. Yep. The waiting <laughs> game begins, but it, I mean, heck it, it is pretty crazy to go. Wow. We know somebody that got that to work. That's, <laughs> that's pretty crazy. There's like a legit toy line that isn't, you know, something that we already have on our shelves going to be coming at us. So very yeah, cool, and I really want that ride or figure on my shelf, so I'm very happy that it funded. Simple as that. <laughs> yeah, and Matt's a good guy. He's the number one guest host on, well, the most appeared guest host mm-hmm. on Legends of Grayskull. Yep. And uh, he just he's a good guy. He's been working on this, this dream of his. You know, he wanted to make comics and toys since he was like 14 years old. And he's made comics, and now he's making toys. Like, that mm-hmm. is just so awesome to see uh, his dreams come true and that we could yep. be a part of that and, and help that. Living the dream. That is legit. Living the dream. Simple as that. Ugh. So, Sean, you get anything Masters-related this week? Not Masters-related. I did get uh, – oh, no, 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 no. Oh, wait, it- wait. Wait! I, I, I did. I did. I did. I did. I did. Um, I ended up. I, I so so. Uh, I don't know for anybody else out there, but if you're in the bathroom and you're on your phone and you're looking at things, you go, "I need another one of these." And it's like bathroom thinking, you know, like oh, why, why do I paper? Have, I could get two. This would be better. 
Well, this guy showed up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And this time around, instead of having him be like the legit He-Man the way you expect, I had to go with the the uh, no... Um, yep. Bracer? No bracer, because I really wanted to do that Alcala vibe. And then I'm going to probably take my original and make him into the battle armor finally. Because I've been really wanting to do that for how long. But, uh, yeah, and I, I'm going to keep the axe with him. Yeah, no, that looks nice. Yeah. I and, and, like, the angle, unfortunately, the angle I could see him on my desk is more like this, where he looks a little more like he's scowling. Yeah. So it makes it all the more, you know, like, yeah, that's my boy. So, and uh, I did I check it. it all out. QC has no issue at all with this guy. Very happy. So Excellent. It's like even, uh, let's see, there there is a little tiny paint scuff right here, but I'm not going to even care about that because you know what? He's fine as is. Uh, it's original, where the bracer was yeah, originally. Yeah, exactly. But. Um, I, I was one of the lucky ones. I didn't have a problem with mine initially anyway, the, the deluxe one, but that one, I don't know. Again, bathroom thinking. I'm, I'm literally when they put battle cat out and they had this version of He-Man for pre-order, I go, why not? And I don't know why I did it other than just, I think I wanted to have one where it was He-Man standing there as, you know, maybe by the power of grace all pose. And then have another one on Battle Cat so it felt legit. And now I'm like, so, okay, if they do Deluxe Skeletor, I'm going to have to get Deluxe Skeletor. But then if they yep. come out with a non-deluxe, but, you know, like this version where it's, here's the here's just Skeletor. Yep. I think I might have to do that just to keep it even. And then that might be the only time I do two of the same figure on the shelf that way. We'll have to see. But yeah, that that happened, and he showed up. And apparently, there's another one uh, coming my way at the end of the week. Uh, not not uh, the same He Man, but right, another right. Mondo coming nice. at the end of the week. Look at Sean go. Big yeah, Bucks Gavarna. Not not big bucks. Afterpace Gavarna. My wife hates it, but uh, <laughs> you're you're the you're the Klarna Gavarna. I'm I'm Klarna Gavarna exactly. And, uh, <laughs> And uh, that that Klarna amount went up quite a lot with the uh, Armies of Ashmore because I, I was really lucky they actually accepted that on Kickstarter. Nice. So I I had the funds put aside, but I'm like, if I could do that instead of doing, and it actually worked. Um, but yeah, Klarna Skavarna right here. No big bucks at all because all my big <laughs> bucks are going to my afterpay fees and everything. So, yeah. Uh, it's good times. <laughs> you pull it Clark. once and the way you die is because your wife kills you because you keep buying too many Mondo things <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good times <laughs> oh I got nothing this week I'm in a drought but that's okay I got other stuff to take care of So, well I was in a drought and that's why all this stuff now when it's coming in I'm like oh my god I forgot about the tsunami <laughs> that's about to hit and I hope to god my wife doesn't see half of it <laughs> <sighs> Oh, you need to start sending everything to Jesse's house. He doesn't uh, need stuff to his house. He sends it to other places because he doesn't that's trust true. UPS or whatever. Ah, <laughs> oh, good times. Oh, all right. The news. We have 
<clears throat> going up in just a few short hours, the Masterverse Vicron. This is going to be a Mattel Creations exclusive. 9 a.m. Pacific time today, so it'll probably be out and sold out by the time I actually get this episode out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and we knew this was coming, but this is the first time we'd seen pictures of it. Uh, and according to my uh, 7.41 a.m. currently Pacific, so just uh Four hours, 15, 19 minutes uh, until this goes live. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. What'd you think, Sean? I got to admit, this one's pretty cool. Um, I, I thought it was a fun gimmick in classics, but the other options other than the Barbarian version didn't do much for me because they really did try to stick as close as they could to what the original figure intended back when they were doing it, like the, the Roger sweet, mm-hmm. uh, three, three version of them or whatever you want, the trifecta. Yeah. And, um, I, I kind of dig that in this one, they did their own take on that to make it feel like, well, if you want to do the other options other than the barbarian this time, it gonna, it will feel like a master's, character versus here's a tank on his head you know the gun turret on his head or you know whatever and and this time around i i really like that they made the um the military looking one he he almost looks like uh uh, the battle ram or point or uh, the talon fighter meets attack track with the way that sculpt looks to me or like land shark even or whatever and then um, the other the other one where it was the uh, space version, he almost looks like a military version of a cosmic enforcer, almost yep. to me at least. So um, that's one of the times where I can actually say with the the designers on the line, I'm like, that's I like that. That is that is a really cool way of handling something that it is kind of a gimmick, but it fits into Masters much better than any version to date, for my money at least. Yeah, I completely get you, and it's like, uh, I do miss the Boba Fett helmet, but I get where where they went. They went with basically the the gray skull space suit armor yeah. helmet with like Zodak flaps on the side. Like, I'm like, all right, I see what you, I see what you did there. <laughs> um, but yeah, the one that really grabbed my eye was obviously the tank top. Um, yeah, and I actually see the um, the sky sled in that that head. Well, that's that's why I was saying like battle ram, like the sky, sky sled part of it. Yeah, you know. Yep, yep. Uh, but but like when I first saw it, my knee jerk reaction was Land Shark at first, and probably because it, it Land Shark has those. Yeah. Um, those guns on either side of, of its, uh, and it just always had that like silhouette or profile to it. But I, I definitely see what you're saying about jet sled too, or sky, sky sled, whichever one you want to do. Yeah. Sky sled. Jet, jet sled's different. Um, Zodak force. Zodak force. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. There's a throwback. Saying it again. 
<laughs> that's old school. We're we're going old. School. That was that was before episode one hundred, at least. I don't remember, it what, but it was before episode one hundred. Uh, I did throw it out to the Legendati group, and I did get uh, what we think about this uh, new version because I felt he was the most drastically different out of the three. Um, and Chris Geis, he uh, he commented, I appreciate the less World War II era U.S. military design, and this fits the Eternia style animal and machine. Uh, completely agree. He took the words right out yeah. of my mouth. It's like it's nice that it's not just a literal U.S. Army tank sitting on his head. Um, Matthew Rodriguez asked if it was a custom. No, Matt, it is the Masterverse version, as you can see. Come on, man. Uh, Curtis busy. <laughs> Curtis Ackerman uh, has a gif of a trash bag exploding. <laughs> Scott, but you know, Curtis claims he's a Motu fan, but like I have not seen him say anything good about any Motu anything in a very long time. So I'm I'm questioning that. Well, he's he's going on record as saying his Motu now is Mondo, which I can understand, but that's. Even for me, I'm like, I can only do so many of these figures before I've run out of room. I can't really use that as my measuring stick. This is more of like a, uh, you know, like a boutique gift versus here's classics or here's Masterverse or whatever. It's it's your high end line. It's your heavy. Absolutely. Like I've said about Mondo again and again, like if I can do He-Man, She-Ra, Skeletor, Hordak, Battle Cat, like I'm good. Like Mm -hmm. just, just the big guys. Sure. Uh, Scott Baker has a picture of, uh, I believe it's Sam the Eagle from the Muppets. Which um, I can see that, and, and I, I see it now that he did that. And I love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Christopher Kelly says, the fuck? And <laughs> Jesse Arnold says, what? So, thank you guys for all that wonderful yes. Um, but yeah, so he is going up for pre-order in just a few short hours. Limit three per customer. Ships on or before July 28th, 2023. Um, and he will have the box like the Hevelin did. So wonderful artwork on there. Um, but he is just sitting in a plain box. Even though they do try to make it look like there's something behind there in the picture that they throw up on him, there's not. It's just sitting in the plain cardboard box like Evil Lynn did. Uh, no, the, everyone knows that. The the one thing that does surprise me about that box is um, this is one of the first times I can think of where Mattel has legit just said, okay, do something with Frank Frazetta that we're not even going to hide that it's Frazetta because <laughs> image on the left in, in the picture that uh we're looking at for the audio listeners it, it it very much is like a frank frazetta image but they did vicron instead mm-hmm. of a frazetta barbarian on it and i like it but with a question mark because it, it really is like typically anything masters has a nod to the original lines and this yeah. is the first where they, they were like, well, we never did this guy in the original line, so let's just go Frazetta with it and see what happens. So I kind of admire the fact that it's like, okay, Frazetta being an influence on this, that works. Yep. But, man, it's like, yeah. It's 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 a huge homage to him compared to the typical Master stuff. 
And I, I, I didn't read everything, but I like at least, like you said, with the artwork, they're just going like, they're more homaging that uh, it comes from concepts. Yeah. Which is, which is what I wish I did scroll down a little bit there. And they did, they did pretty much just steal the, the classics bio from him. He's a gladiator. He takes armor from blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I, I still see, this is one of those characters that I just, I don't, I don't feel the need to work him into the actual lore. Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't need to be there. He is like, he is fine just as, you know, Star Wars did it back in the '90s. Like, oh, here's our here's our concept line, the Macquarie line. Yeah, and they didn't try and be like, oh no, well this version of Darth Vader, his armor did this. Like, no, they were just like, no, here's this is the concept art. Here you go, it's in a figure. Like, yeah. that's all you need to do with this stuff. So yeah, like that that was one of the downfalls of classics was just how they wanted to handle that. Um, Mm -hmm. I personally, I'm, I'm kind of there with you, but then the other part of me is like, it's, we already talk about it a lot anyway, but it it reminds me of Mythic Legions in a sense where it's like, here's this figure. Yes, he's a concept, but if you want to put him in and have him be a part of something in your own headcanon, feel free and you can make him whatever he wants. Like I personally thought the idea of him being the gladiator taking the, the stuff from his his victories and things. That's actually not a bad idea, but they don't really do gladiator stuff too often in Masters compared to right. other things. So it is kind of the anom- anomaly or something, but um, I agree. It, like, they, they could have done... It, like, Vicor should be in that, too. Demo yeah. Man should be in that, too. If they, right. it, and, and, and instead, now there are these characters that they muddy... The uh, the mythology. If if you have problems with those characters being a part of it, so yeah. Well, that's, it's, so if you're doing, uh, let me go ahead and click close this off. Let's get us back big. Um, but like to me, if you're doing uh, a new TV show, say even the CGI series, right? Mm-hmm. And in an episode, Adam and Tila and Duncan are in a strange town where there's gladiator battles. And one of the guys fighting in the pit is dressed up like the the barbarian Vicron, and one of the guys in the pit is dressed up as the Space Ace, mm-hmm. and they're fighting. Awesome, yeah, great idea, great nod. But like, you don't have to actually when you're just doing a toy of something, and there's no media, you don't have to tie everything in. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's what I'm saying. No, I, absolutely, it, drop it, them it, in there. Drop them in a show, in a comic, whatever. You can even focus on them a little bit. Have them meet this Vicron and he'd be a part of this episode. Awesome. Yeah. But like when you're just like, well, to make a toy of it, we have to get, we have to tie him into the, no, you don't. Just, just make the toy. Yeah. Especially, especially on these adult lines like Masterverse and Classics were, you know, I am not going to get confused well, why'd they make Vicron when they didn't make, you know, when they didn't tie him into the storyline and, you know, mm-hmm. no, I know why you made Vicron. Like, it yeah. makes perfect sense. So, yeah, that's all. And it's not even so much with Vicron and classic, like, you know, obviously Demo Man's a much bigger one that you mentioned with them having to tie him into the origin of Skeletor. It's like, yeah, no, 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 what are we, what are we doing here, guys? 
guys. Mm-hmm. Or even like they couldn't even release Blue Hordak without explaining why he's blue. It's like you just no. Yeah. You just release him because he's blue. Like we're good. Anyways, tangent. Uh are you getting Vicron? I am not getting them because that's again, yeah, I, I barely had any Masterverse figures to begin with. And yeah. I, I, I'm I'm not into getting a fi- one figure out of a line that I'm not collecting the rest of it uh, at, at this point. So, what about you? Nah, me neither. I just I've never I've always appreciated Vicron for what he is, but I don't have a big attachment to him. Yeah. And the fact that like, excuse me, um, the fact that you would have to buy three of them to display all three looks, and it's like, I don't know, like that. That's another figure that, you know, like something like that, I think would work better in a three pack with cool window packaging and just Mm -hmm. something like you set on a shelf, you know, Mm -hmm. like, oh, here is the, here's the concept art three pack and it's, it's a nice display piece, you know, Mm kind of like the. Well, the Masterver, the 40th He-Man that I could never find anywhere, unfortunately, but like in the red and, you know, yeah. brick classic packaging, that's one like that where I'm like, if I got him, I'm just setting him on the shelf in that box. Like that is, that's perfect right there. I don't need to open him. Sure. So to me, that's something that you do with these kind of characters too, where you actually make it a three pack you know, replicate that that famous picture, right, of the, you know, them in the panel at Mattel, mm-hmm. blue background, the three of them standing next to each other. Yeah. And you just, and it's a nice box you put up on your shelf. That would entice me more than, especially with this cardboard box and a bunch of extra pieces, unless you want to buy three, which is obviously the way they put the limit for three. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I just... I have so many parts. Uh, I have baggies and baggies full of hands and weapons and heads. And it's actually kind of turning me off now to buy figures with a ton of extra parts because I know I'm not going to do anything with them. They're going to go in the baggie, you know. Mm-hmm. It's kind of that point collecting to me where I'm like, you know, back when I was a kid, I was always like, why can't these guys come with more? And now I'm at the point where I'm like, can we like scale it back a little bit here, guys? Like this yeah, is no. a little bit. <laughs> I guess it just I mean, I love some of the stuff these figures come with, but at this point it's like, do we need seven hands with each figure? You know, do we need I think one alternate head is plenty, but now you got figures coming with two, three alternate heads. I'm not just talking masters, obviously, but yeah. like you know, it's it's to that point where it's like, how how much is too much for you? Mm-hmm. I I mean, I like that there is a versatility, yeah. but uh, and I I'm saying across the board, not just with this figure. I like mm-hmm. I like that they, they give you versatility now more than they ever did. But yeah, it, it, I I can agree with you on the level of I have a huge. I wouldn't call it like a tackle box, but I have this, it's about, about this big, this long or this wide of it's, it's all uh, like pull out shelving, basically little like uh, compartments. 
and it's loaded with classics and mythic legions parts and for me it's like i i have so many things already in there that i need to get a second one sometime so that i can keep up with the amount of stuff i already need to categorize and and organize and stuff so i'm there with you on that level but it is nice that we have enough that if you want to do one thing with your figure and I get it, the same figure, but then I'm like, but I want him to be this guy. Yeah. We pay one price. We have the options that we can do that at least. That's, that's really cool. Um, Cause once you, it, that's one of those Pandora boxes with collecting. Once they started that, you can't mm-hmm. go back. The fans are going to lose their minds that you didn't give them all the options, <laughs> before, you know? And, um, and as kids, we it, they they never let us get to that point. Yeah. So now that they let us get to that point, we'll run riot. So yeah, I don't know. Just make them distinct at least. I mean, when you've mm-hmm. got like closed hand, quarter open hand, <laughs> three quarter open hand, open hand, yeah, open hand with pinky out, like. Yeah. What, for when they have tea, yes, uh, and, they, and like there, there, there is a toy line. I, I, I won't name names, but there is a toy line <laughs> where they even have the middle finger out now, which I'm like, I don't think I'll ever use that. And I get there's people probably that would, yeah. but I probably don't want to talk to those people because it's not exactly that awesome on the shelf, if you ask me. It would so. depend on the character. It, it like there like, are definitely Deadpool. some characters where I'm like. Deadpool, yeah. Constantine. Yeah. Like, yeah. There are definitely characters where I'm like, yes. Yeah. But uh, just across the board, no. Although no. I will say, I will say one of the first things I did when I got my, uh, would have been Transformers Energon? Maybe? I can't remember if that was, a, or was it Armada? Um. Early 2000s Transformers toy line where they finally released Unicron uh, for the first time. And that Unicron does have fully articulated (laughs) fingers. And one of the first things I did do was him giving the the, the salute. So, you know. (laughs) I considered sparing your wretched little planet Cybertron, but now give it the middle finger. Give it the bird. <laughs> light our darkest hour. <laughs> no, no, light our darkest hour. Oh. <laughs> Good times. Oh yeah. All right. So I hope all you guys that want Vicron are able to get him. Uh, go now because he's pr- well, he's probably sold out already. <laughs> Even All before, right. before noon, yes, he has probably. Yes, you're right. probably. <laughs> uh, all right. I guess that brings us to dun, 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 dun. Masters of the Universe, Masterverse, issue number four. Issue number four. All right. We've got script by Tim Seeley. In the framing story, art by Eddie Nunez, color art by Rico Renzi, letters by Daron Bennett. Uh, unfakeable, we have art by Daniel. Letters by Daron Bennett. And in the Mega Beast Matrix, we have art by Fico Osio and letters by Daron Bennett. 
All right, this will wrap up the Masterverse miniseries. It will. Did you hit something? No, but you you paused or something. I don't know. Hmm. I've been here the whole time. That was weird. Anywho, uh... I know I announced trepidation. Yeah. At the end of the last issue, knowing that this one was dealing with CGI and with the He Force, which is a break from what we've seen so far in this comic, where they've done these fun what if Eternia concepts. Yeah. Um, I guess you could kind of argue that the new Eternia one was, you know, technically there are toys of that, but this was the first time we really dove into any of that kind of mythology. So I still lump it in there. You know what I mean? Um, And I don't want to say that my fears were right, but I also don't want to say they're wrong. So Mm. Uh, let's get into it. Uh, we start off back at Castle Grayskull, and this is in the Revolution universe. Uh, and Sorceress is getting ready to show Zodak some more realities, but Zodak says that uh, she has his curiosity because it appears the heroes whom you choose to show inspired by the legacy of He-Man are villains. Dun, dun, dun. Um, and then we go into our first story, which is set in the CGI universe. We see the masters of that universe destroying the Eternal city. Um, King Randor is confused as to why they're doing this. Um, and back at Castle Grayskull, we see the real masters watching and going like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Um, and they set out to investigate. Uh, I really thought they could have held that reveal. For a minute, like it was really quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, the the uh, again, we've talked about this for certain stories in this um, mini series. There's eight pages, so sometimes, like, I get what you're saying that there, there could have been a more interest, like have it that you see them wreaking havoc and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, instead of going to Grayskull and seeing this, it could have just been, they just show up on the scene. Right. Give it a little bit longer with the, with the, with the build them up, build them up a bit more. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's no, there's no question. It's like literally, Oh no, they're destroying the palace. Why? What is wrong with the masters? And then like the real masters right here. Like you you see the whole thing at once and you're not even subverted for like a second. Exactly. Even though we all kind of knew where it was going, but I don't know. I like, so I mean, it's, 
it's a pretty basic story. I, I'm going to be honest. This one was really disappointing for me. Like, especially with how much I enjoyed the CGI show. Um, they teleport in. They fight. Tila is able to realize that they're created by Evelyn and Trapjaw through Havoc magic. And that they're fakers. Um and because they're part machine, Orko's able to tap in and uh, mess up their programming. And they all turn blue and they shut down. Yeah. And Randor's like, I knew it wasn't you guys. Yeah, I mean, for yeah. me, the the one part of the story that I think I liked, at least, was the explanation of how this happened. And, and given the CGI show, it's pretty obvious it's going to be Trapjaw that makes them. Yep. But I like that at least we get that moment in one page showing, okay, Trapjaw, it, it says, uh, Trapjaw attempting to prove himself to Skeletor after a failed coup attempt uses attorney and robotic technology he helped design to fashion crude simulacrums or simulacrums uh, of the masters, and then Evil Lynn adds some magic to the thing, and between the two of them, they create these in order to make Skeletor feel like, "Hey, we're still on your side, even though we've been messing with you all along in the background and all that." Yeah, and I kind of dig that. That's it, it's like that story in one page was much more compelling to to like read than the whole thing. Is this it, the show? is not this basic and so the story for this being the way it was almost felt like this is them just almost after thinking this show whereas the show itself when you watch it has a lot more going on for it than just this story that they and it's like this being the only the first time that they put this into a canon that isn't just the cgi stuff that they've released it really does make you have that like really like this is how you're handling this when it's actually a really freaking great show and that's the problem it's like that is a great setup this is a great premise for an arc of the cgi show and to see it wasted here and i think they just they they went too broad with it number one like if they had just created a he-man faker maybe we could have you know but the fact that they created the entire team you have no time for the, the flip reveal. You have no time to even really, like, you know... I mean, this is a story where Faker should be ingratiating himself into the, into you know, the palace and then causing... And, like, it's, it needs a whole setup. And mm-hmm. you don't get the setup. You don't get the payoff. And honestly, just the, the... Even the art through here, like, in the fight scene, I'm like, who am I rooting for? Because even the way they, they, they write the fakers, you know, and they say, like, they're imbued with the memories because of the time that the Masters were trapped in the Havoc pit, mm-hmm. which I love that, too. Like, it makes perfect sense. That's how the fakers, you know, know what they know. But, like, the the they write them the same. They draw them the same. Like, so I'm I, you're watching this battle, and I'm not even sure, like, are we winning? You know what I mean? Which I guess is kind of the point, but it's just, it's messy. It's over too quick. And 
I'm really wondering where this is supposed to take place. And here's the other problem with going to an established world. Where is this supposed to take place in the timeline? Because it says Trapjaw's trying to regain favor after a after a failed coup. Well, the coup happened at the end of season three. And after that, Skeletor is changed back into Keldor and locked up. Mm-hmm. But we see Skeletor here. And Randor is, like, tight with the Masters, which, again, yeah. they don't really get to that until the end of Season 3. Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of one of those weird things where it's like, well, this doesn't... But then Eldris is still there to guide mm-hmm. them. So it's one of those things, it's like, that doesn't actually fit into any of the established... Uh, canon that we already have for this series too which you know how my head works that just makes me go you know does not compute well i and i i i felt some of those things i didn't go as deep into it as you did because i like when i watch and i binge that show i take it all in when i'm watching it but then i have like bits and pieces that i might not remember completely because there's a lot to take in but yeah like it just reading this i'm like so this had to have happened after season three, mm-hmm. but there's no Skeletor at the end of season. So that was already like weird to me. Yeah. So, and then all the other points you pointed out, I'm like, yeah, I didn't even think of those, but yeah, that's, it's hard to, it's hard to argue them at this point. So, I mean, here's, here's the thing. Like, honestly, if, they didn't do a storyline where it was fakers and they all looked identical to the masters. I got to admit, like I'm, I'm not a huge fan of this artwork in any other way than it works well with the show. Yeah. So I can say who was, uh, I'm sorry. The, uh, Daniel Pez Lopez. Pez. It's got an exclamation point. Pez Pez. Point. I I really dig how energetic this is. Oh, for and sure. He really did try to make it feel like you're watching another episode of the show for the most part. There's a few here and there where I'm like, I kind of wish he did a little bit better with the faces. But I, I that's the saving grace of this one for I, me. Is it felt like a standard episode of this that I, you know, it's like even though it's it's on the comic page, it feels right yeah visually to me oh completely agree completely agree like i said it just my only gripe was that it looked too good like i yeah the yeah. fakers fakers give them just give them something just yeah. a, a little so you know i know they're supposed to be exact duplicates whatever but like it's just one of those things like the evil version always has to have like a slightly different look or a different highlight or you know something that just yeah help the viewers go is this the guy I'm rooting for? Exactly. Um, but yeah, I would I would love if this guy did a ongoing comic series actually set in the mm-hmm. CGI universe, not whatever this is. Like, that would be awesome. I'd uh, read it. Absolutely. I, I'd be thrilled with that. The other funny thing is, um, <laughs> I got to throw it out there. So as, you know, Orko taps in their program, the fears, insecurities, everything, they start airing out and they all turn 
the the orange and blue. Mm-hmm. Well, that means Man at Arms still looks the same in this. <laughs> I didn't think of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then they can keep that storyline going just for Man at Arms. Wait Is a minute. It- you know? And that's that's the big problem with them not utilizing the green for man at arms is now when you get the faker man at arms it's like oh no that's still just man at arms yeah it, it, still that that is out of out of all the designs they did on that show that is probably still my biggest missed opportunity yeah. character like green and orange boom I, you're good to go I still the blue, like to- Somebody needs to recolor that that exact design, but just change all the blue to the military green. Mm-hmm. And I think it would just make a world of difference. Um, I agree. But yeah, that that was uh, that was the un- CGI, and then we get into the He Force, the Mega Beast Matrix. Yeah. Right off the right off the bat, I'm upset. And again, it's not. It's just so we've we've doubled down that uh, multiverse definitely happened, and that's definitely still affecting everything because we come to the '87 He-Man movie universe, uh, but it is He Soul defending Grayskull from. Uh, a very nicely looking drawn Langella Skeletor with, you know, the live action man arms and Tila backing him up. Um, because uh, for those of you who don't remember, didn't read it in the multiverse comic, any of the He-Men that died in that comic stayed dead. And the members of the He-Force got to take over their, those He-Men's Eternias to defend them. Mm-hmm. Instead of, you know, using the magic of storytelling to set things right at the end. Heaven forbid we do that. But, so, sorry, just bringing up old wounds here. Uh, He soul gets a signal that there's a greater threat to the universe than Skeletor, and he has to go! And he leaves Man Arms and Tila to clean up his mess. And he bursts off through a portal. Uh, Back to his home world, which is the Eternity War Eternia. Um, where we see uh one of one of the best panels in the comic, in my opinion. I actually for for the last page that really ticked me off. Then I got this page. I'm like, all right, let's see where we're going here because he's jumping into the fray. You see, you see, Moss Man, Snout Spout, Whiplash, Spike Or, Rock On, Fisto, Buzz Off. I mean, Triclops, Clawful, like all of these heroes and villains, Strato, Stinkor. All of these guys just in a huge battle. Uh, you can't even tell who's fighting who, what's going on. You got uh, Twistoid and Merman and Too Bad and uh, Mechanic and uh, uh, shoot, Ilena. Like, it's amazing. Amazing panel. Mm-hmm. Do you like this panel, Sean? Yeah. Yeah, I did, actually. Like you said, um, like the opening didn't bother me so much. I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right. He took over the uh, Dolph Lundgren attorney." I know it's a sort of all that. And it, it's like I don't know. The thing is, some of these He Force characters, I actually think the designs, especially drawn here, 
yeah. are are quite interesting, and I feel like there is a place for them. Mm-hmm. So it is kind of nice to revisit them in that way. But like you know, the old wounds that you're talking about, yeah, they're still there. But th- this uh, panel you're talking about, the two page spread. It makes me think of the old Transformers, the back of the Transformers box, where it's like, it's this melee and everybody's going insane. And you're like, who's the good guys and who's the bad guys? Don't care. Giant battle. Awesome. You know, it it works. Yeah. And that's, well, and that's kind of the thing. And it's like, and so we come to find out that it's actually heroes and villains are all fighting each other. No one's sure who's on whose side. Like, that's the whole point of it, actually. Um, he soul meets up with the rest of the he force, um, which has he man, uh, the, that tiger he man. I can't remember what his name was. I can't remember, but the green tiger, uh, he man. And then we get into this long diatribe as, uh, he explains everything that's going on. Uh, so basically there is, uh, <clears throat> something's going on. Someone's controlling the minds of hero and villain alike, causing them to turn on their friends. Uh, they pinpoint where it's coming from and they wind up in universe prime negative one, seven, three, two, eight, specifically on, uh, a theory of that world. And I liked seeing Etheria. It's a long time since we've, you know, been uh, acknowledging. Unfortunately, we still didn't get a She-Ra in this. Um, which I felt she could have come in in the background somewhere. Especially since she was in Eternity War. But that's just me. Um, but they wind up in a fright zone. They fight the beast monster. Um, find the remnants of the Horde. Uh, and even Hordak himself pops up in a very Bruce Tim looking fashion. Um, yeah, totally took me right back to the Bruce Tim mini comics, um, and even he's being mind controlled. Uh, and he he asked them to kill him, kill me, or I'll destroy us both, is what he says. Um, so that's actually having a bit of fun here. Actually, I'm like, all right, like heroes and villains, big battles, Hordak, mm-hmm. Etheria, like. We're cruising. Yeah. Um, and we find out that it's uh, Modulok is behind all this. And he has found a way to basically mad hatter the entire universe and multiple universes uh, by becoming the Mega Beast. Mm-hmm. Which I was expecting to be the cool, you know, Modulok multi bot combined mega beast but it's just a pile of human bodies <laughs> let no that sign any of this. let you know how he feels about that folks <laughs> uh, and so Adam decides that he has to Show Modulok what Prince Adam knew long ago. The power of Grayskull is too much for one man. Basically, Adam gives Mega Beast all of the power of Grayskull. He takes it back from the He Force and he gives it all to Mega Beast. Um, 
and that causes Moduloc to realize where the true power is, and he jumps through the portal to attack Zodak and the Sorceress to try and get the power. Uh, or actually, he wants to destroy the power. He wants to destroy the power in the multiverse with it because nothing can contain such power. It should not exist. And he gets punched out by the tiger. And Zodak compliments the He Force and flies off and says that Adam, the Adam of this world, may keep the power of Grayskull because he will use it as a force for good. The end. God, he. For all the good they did in three issues, he does not know how to stick a landing. Well, I'm sorry. Like, it's. I. My my initial like we we have not talked about this off air at all. We have not. The first time we have ever dug into this. The only thing that I was going to say the minute that I wanted to talk about this with you was Tim Seeley's got a Tim Seeley. Yeah. And when I when I read this one, I literally it barely took me any time to read it. And by the time I was no, I it, I was like. That is how you ended it, and right. and like the the last few pages in particular are some of the most. I'm I'm looking at them going like you were saying it's a little confusing with the fakers and the CGI one. Yeah. For me, I'm I'm looking at this last one, and I don't feel it's a problem in the artist storytelling. I feel like it's a problem in the pacing of him getting to the point of oh shit, I got to end it. I only have a, one or two pages left because when it gets to the whole the power of Grayskull moment with He Man. Yep. Then all of a sudden it goes right back to Zodak and Source. I'm like, what the hell is happening here? And yep. you explained it where I'm like, that's what he did. And that's still like not something that makes sense to me. No. And they, they don't even show you properly like, okay, Modulok's there. And then in the way that the, the panels work, it looks like somebody, it looks like Zodak punches out Modulok. But then you have a, a, a the narrative frame or the, the, yeah. the speech bubble coming from off camera. And then you see the He Force guys there. And I'm like, I don't know who to blame for how crazy this whole thing worked out, but I'm not impressed by this ending. And it made me annoyed that it's on an Eddie Nunez page because I love what he's done on this. Yeah. And this, this page for me was like, okay. It, it just, it wasn't working for me in any way, shape or form. Um, yeah, it just and I said it all along. I'm like, if this ends up trying to tie into something bigger, like I'm going to be disappointed because this should have just been an anthology. That's yeah. what it's been for three and a half issues now. Yeah, and now it's like, oh no, the whole thing was is that Zodak didn't realize the bigger multiversal threat, and it's like you didn't talk about that at all up until now like it's in the last story of the last issue all of a sudden you're like oh but there's something bigger yes i know how'd even modula get through the portal how'd the he force get through the portal that was yeah if the he force gave their power back to adam so that he could overload the mega beast 
to put Majak on this path, why are they all transformed still? Like, yeah. One thing I will say, I did appreciate though, um, and it's subtle, but the when they went to the Eddie Nunez pages, he did actually draw the He Force in his style as opposed to in the regular story, which I did appreciate that. I know that was one of my gripes during the multiverse comic when they had like all the like some people would change and some people wouldn't change art yeah. styles when they went universes. I did like that yeah. that once the He Force showed up in Revolution, like they had a Eddie style. Yeah. Um, that's the way it should be, in my opinion. Um, but that that was a fun sty- stylistic art choice. Um, and like I said, the art in here is fantastic. Like. If you could take away all these word bubbles that are ticking me off, like this last story <laughs> is a fun little beat 'em up. But I mean, and with everything we've done so far, like the whole point, right, is for the sorceress to show the legacy of He Man and inspiring and all that. And then you get to the world where it's literally happened, where we've literally gone to the next generation. Adam's king, he shared the power. You have the He Force, which is the Legion of Superheroes version, you know, of them fighting to mm-hmm. honor the legacy of the great hero. Yeah. And instead, you do a Modulok wants to destroy all the multiverse. Like, all you had to do was do a nice, solid story showing the He Force in generations to come and Zodak going, Yeah, you know what? You're right. Adam's going to be fine. I don't have to worry about this. And mm-hmm. he zoots off. And we just had a fun. Four issue, eight story anthology series. That's all yeah. it needed to be. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like the book became self aware of what it needed to do on the last issue, and that again, that's the biggest problem I have with anything I've ever read with Tim Seeley. It's the last issue ends up being something where it needs to. He he always has it where it needs to rise above what he already established, mm-hmm. and it doesn't need to go there. And I don't know. It, it's it, uh, I I've gotten to the point where you know the fool me once shame on uh, fool me once shame on you fool me twice kind of thing. Yeah. So I'm I am in that mode right now where if he, if there is another comic coming out and he's going to be the guy doing it, I know we're going to end up talking about it because we have a podcast. Yeah. But I'm always going to be like, I'm reading this only because I have a podcast, not because I'm actually excited to read it anymore. It's like yeah. he's lucky he has the art, artistic, creative people that are making this palatable for me at this point. Because it really, like, I knew issue four. I'm like, where is where's going to be the moment where it happens? And it happens. And it it's like, okay, you you proved, proved me again. So this is your style. Okay. Yeah, really disappointing because I was actually I was I was pumped to read this series. I was hesitant at first, but then after the first issue, in one, two, and three, I'm like, okay, they're actually doing it. Because that's what I hope for. A true anthology series. You know, I could have even done without the framing story myself. Like just just give me eight stories, you know, that would have made them nine pages each if you cut out the frame at and every issue, you mm-hmm. know. But you know, I was actually I was actually pumped going into issue four because I'm like, all right, they're doing it. And then 
like I said, first the the Faker story, which doesn't make sense in the in the timeline of the series, and then as that the other one went on, I'm like, oh, they're doing a big bad for this. Mm-hmm. Like you can't throw a big bag into one story of an anthology issue, and then, and even then, it doesn't even make. It's like, oh yeah, this 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 Adam's gonna be all right because he Tiger over here punched out Majulak. Yeah. Like wait, what? Why can't that, it be? On that's what firm, changed you know? her mind. Exactly. It's like, it's like I thought the focus was Adam, and yes, it. It's almost it's almost like Tim Seeley's doing the whole. See, this is a great idea. He force Zodak's yeah. even giving it the seal of approval, and it's like, thanks, because this these are characters that number one, they literally are only in two comic books. Number two, there's no toy tie-in, so this isn't feeling as legit as you're hoping. And three, it isn't that great, and the artists are the ones who are making it look better than it should be. Yep. And it, it's like I never in my life thought I needed a He-Man He-Force. And yep. now that I know it's out there, I still know I don't need it. So something uh, something you brought up uh, that I, I really want to talk about here real quick, too. All right. So an anthology book by one writer but many artists in some ways isn't technically an anthology book because shouldn't it be multiple writers or multiple artists to come up with these ideas? I don't know. You tell me, comic boy. Personally, I would like to believe that it should be different writers and different artists teaming up to tell these tales instead of one writer doing all of it and having the same vibe across all four issues with all of the... The the only ones that broke free were the the Castle Grey Skull Man one for me and the Man at Arms one. And obviously we had the, the, the jokey one in the first yeah. issue, but um, everything else kind of had a vibe that felt similar to me through all four issues. And especially when you're getting the he force as the final issue on top of that. Um, I personally wouldn't have minded seeing other writers take a stab at, you know, like it may yeah. issue one, be one writer issue two be another writer or go even further issue one story. One, one writer issue two issue one story two a different writer. If you really wanted to go unique with it, but having different writers have a different take on the masters of the universe in this series compared to one writer across the board. Yeah. I mean, it couldn't have hurt. And like, you know, it definitely would, I think would have helped, uh, I think it would have helped with um, with keeping them separate. Yeah. Um, looking it up here, an anthology can be either. Um, Oxford Dictionary says it's just a collection of writings or poems. Um, and then other people do say by various writers. But then, like, even, you know, uh, you know, like Stephen King's different seasons, that's count as an anthology. Yeah. So, and that's all him. So it doesn't necessarily have to be different writers, but I think it would have helped in this case Mm -hmm. um, because that's all I wanted. Like, I just, I wanted just an anthology series. It doesn't, this is what I'm talking about. Well, everyone involved in Masters Universe, listen, not everything has to be a big thing. All right. The most powerful man in the universe can deal with 
littler threats, all right? They don't all have to be end of the world, end of the multiverse, especially when it's shoehorned in in the last two dang pages. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, Modulok's going to destroy the multiverse. Like, why? We already did this. Like, Mm. (laughs) yeah. Oh, one trick pony. Yeah. All right. Our rating system, for those who don't know, uh, the best of the best is three power swords. Two power swords is uh, great. One power sword is good. A Zodak, that's right down the middle, neutral. Um, Then you've got one Havoc Staff is... Two Havoc Staffs is that's pretty bad. Three Havoc Staffs is this should never leave the dark side of Eternia. So, Sean, issue four. Just issue four. Mm-hmm. What's your rating? Just issue four. I'm doing a Zodak. Cosmic Enforcer. I I, I love the art enough that it, it... I mean, the art... If the art wasn't as good as it is in this issue, it would be a Havoc Staff for the first time. I haven't gone there yet. But... It's not trash, but it's 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 like I said, Tim Seeley's gonna Tim Seeley. <laughs> it it's just I I didn't mind the CGI one for even with its flaws. I thought it was not a bad ish bad story. It's that last story where it's just like it's a half a good book to me. So that's why I can't go completely bad. And even the art still holds up in that story. Yeah, but um. Yeah, so Cosmic Enforcer. Yeah, call me the Lord of Destruction because this gets a Havoc staff. <laughs> oh, you went there. I I can't <laughs> help it. It's just the the and it's all it's all story. Don't get me wrong. I agree with you. Art was excellent throughout, but just the story, the shoehorn twist at the end, and the yeah <clears throat> the nonsensical timelineness of the CGI story is just like. Nope, sorry. This is this is definitely a havoc step to me uh, for the series. So mm-hmm. um, now for this, now for the Masterverse saga mm-hmm. as a whole, we've got all four issues under our belt. I'll throw mine out first. I will give it one power sword as a whole. Because I feel the good outweighed the bad. I enjoyed more stories than I disliked. Um, it probably would have been a two if it wasn't for the end, the twist ending. Um, but yeah, I still give it a solid power sword. I think there's enough uh, good out of the four issues that I enjoyed it overall. Um, that That's a hard one because I'm trying to... like previous issues and stuff i i think honestly okay yeah i i i have to agree because the previous issues had at least one if not both stories being Mm -hmm. something that you and i both were like i'd actually want to see more of this stuff and that is a key part of this miniseries to me is tim seeley did do a really good job of setting up universes that we might not ever see again Yep, and it really makes your head cannon start going. Well, how does this work? How does that work? And and that I think is good writing. Where if you write something and it makes someone who reads it actually have their own imagination about what happens next, 
that's great because it shows it stuck with you. This last story in particular, uh, it's like, I don't give a damn about what happens with this one. The CGI one saved it for me slightly. And the art across the board, I thought the art with all the different styles, it was really fun for that. Um, so, yeah, I can give it one power sword, but I was really leaning on maybe doing a Cosmic Enforcer even on that because of how this issue went. So, yeah. But there was more good in three issues than there was in the bad in one issue. I'd say if you haven't read this yet, just read the three issues, one, two, and three. Don't read the framing story and just enjoy these little glimpses into six alternate Eternias. That's a that good way be, to do it. That would be my recommendation. Because that's that's really all you needed, and that's where that's where this series shined was when it was just going. Let's see what we can do here. Mm-hmm. Which uh, so I'll throw a curveball at you. Which of the uh, stories in the four issues did you think was definitely like yeah this this one this one was really working for you, even though it was only like eight pages worth of story. Uh, right away, honestly, my the the one that always pops in my head is the uh, the one where Adam turns into Castle Grayskull Man instead mm-hmm. of He Man, and how it's slowly eating at his soul. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it just it's the most different. It's like a dark horror genre twist, and that's a universe I'd really like to see more of and figure out how that works. Like how he's he's actually keeping like an evil at Grayskull, you know. At, at bay. bay. Yeah. But he still has to tap into his power once in a while. But every time he taps into that power, it takes a little bit of his soul and it awakens the evil. Like that is that is a dark, interesting twist. In a world where you're already fighting evil dark creatures like Skeletor and Scareglow and all that, like, but now you're also kind of that. Like that's that's probably the most interesting one for me, just in how like I want to wrap my mind around how that works. And what happens, you know, yeah. as he goes down this path. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say and that for one, for for me, that one would definitely make the cut of an example. Like if somebody said to me, uh, what did I think? I'd be like, check out that story. Yeah. And the other one would be the Man at Arms one. Um, yeah, that one's fun too. I was pleasantly surprised by Sin City Man at Arms. And um, so, yeah, that was... That, yeah, that was, was definitely fun. another one that was memorable, but uh, I'd say even like issue three did a really good job of. There were two stories in that that I thought were uh, pretty darn yeah. good too. So it's like there are gems. It's just this fourth issue didn't have gems as much. Up, up until now, our biggest complaint was just that it was too short, and we wanted more time in it. Yeah, this is the first issue that I've had legitimate complaints about. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think we got some listener feedback. I know I've got an email, if I can get to the right email. Uh, If you want to email us, logpod85 at gmail.com. This is from Tony Moore, Simbo's Guard. As if it would be from anyone else, right? (laughs) That's great, though. It's good to hear from you. Absolutely. And this is regarding episode not 100. (laughs) Dear Matt and Sean, I should have gotten this email to you long before episode 100. Shame on me. Sorry for being lazy. No need to apologize. We are behind 
our deadline all the time. Uh, I was glad you made space between episodes to review issue number three of Masterverse. Uh, Sorceresses listen to reason or else handling of Zodak was unexpected and very neat. I really liked both stories. It was great to see a more in-depth look at what it is like for Tila to house the spirits of the warriors of the past within her. I never thought how others might react to that fact. If this tribe that He-Man with also fears magic, it makes sense. The idea of a good Beastman was interesting. I just assumed that this is not the Beastman that would eventually serve Skeletor. Good point. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed the mention that the tribe's hunters had pet tigers. It just makes perfect sense. The story and art contradicting itself was odd to say the least. Tila commenting that He-Man has a much larger build than the other men in his tribe when he looks more like a buff savage version of Adam rather than the savage He-Man we know. Then the bad guy saying that they should kill He-Man while he's still a boy made it feel like some kind of miscommunication between the artist and the writer. Ah, uh, yes. I did not understand the Grandamere scene. Thank you for explaining it. We did not understand it either until yeah. we started talking about it. That was another one we we pieced together there. Yeah. Uh, also, you mentioned if He-Man's lost to Tila and his ability to not die of embarrassment after being defeated by a woman is the example of how He-Man will never give in to despair in the face of overwhelming tragedy that Sorceress was trying to show Zodak. This He-Man was way too big of an ego. Unless the Sorceress was trying to show Zodak He-Man's first step on the road to overcoming his far more powerful ego. I think it was just, uh, again, I just talked about in the review, but the framing story was unfortunately kind of shoehorned in at times it seemed uh mm-hmm. as far as the second story i can only agree with you a group of drunks that still have the heart of heroes up to the point that they were willing to give their lives trying to do the right thing with a leader who treated them like dirt yet cared enough about his friends that they're lost and i'm sure his guilt for not leading them into battle with the element of surprise when he had the chance drove him to do what his friends had tried died trying to do and ultimately changed his whole life because of it. It was moving to say the least. Mm-hmm. Also, Sorceress being the spirit of Grayskull was something I did not see coming. I am looking forward to the next issue. Uh, if it mm-hmm. sells well, maybe Netflix will realize that the CGI show should get a fourth season and make a decision. As for seeing the He-Force, again, I am not so thrilled, but maybe that Battle Cat Man will get some character development. As always, thank you for your time. Sincerely, Tony Simbasgard Moore. Um, yeah, Battlecat Man did indeed get some more time. Yes, he did. And CGI does rock. This is one of the best covers of the series. Mm-hmm. I'll display this cover well, proudly. But yeah, and CGI yeah. still deserves a fourth season, regardless of what this did to the show. Yeah, yeah, I, I I'm not lying when I say I really hope we hear something sooner than later mm-hmm. that they're coming back because even if it's for one more season they pack enough into one season in general that I feel like they could probably have it round off at least with one more and then we're good to go but or how, I would how still about, want more how uh, about but, movies well, how about instead cool. of doing seasons just release a movie every once in a while like you know, I'd be down with that too. I mean, the He Man uh, versus the Horde, He Man versus Grandamere, He Man, like, and just these little instead of instead of chopping up 
into the seasons and doing the filler episodes that Sean hates, just get to the heart of what the arc of the season would have been and just do that into, into a movie and just release them every once in a while. Like that could be fun. Well, the, the uh, rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie mm-hmm. on Netflix proved to me that that's not a bad option. That was a freaking phenomenal movie, and that was that was a show that again people didn't give a damn about. But if you watch right. that movie, there are people that didn't like the show. Going, holy crap! I missed out watching this thing because now I'm seeing it in a different way. It's like the the thing is they couldn't even do that on the show. Right. The the, the movie they let loose, and and it's like. Imagine if they let loose on on a movie with these. I mean, these weren't even jokes compared to how the other series was. So, and real quick, I did want to say I don't know how well it's selling in anyone else's area, but I had a really busy work week the week it came out, and it has taken me. What has that been like three weeks now? And I just finally found a physical copy. Mm-hmm. So everywhere, and this was the last copy at the shop that I went to. So, in my area at least, everyone's selling out. So, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't know what that means for overall numbers, but I always look at it as a good sign when my local shops don't have a ton of issues left over after it's out. Sure. Uh, Sean, you got anything? Well, I put out the post, and unfortunately, like I, I, I should have probably posted it a little earlier than than last night, but it is what it is. So, we uh, we are now posting in the Legendati group, uh, as we said before. So, if you want to jump on there, you can do comments and questions when I do that post for any uh, upcoming episodes. And uh, it was seen by eighty seven people though, so that's pretty cool. nice. Um, so JP Casto actually asked, "What are our thoughts on Master vs. Vicron?" Feel free. Go ahead. I know you love this part. JP, we (laughs) literally went over it like an hour ago. Pause this. Rewind. Listen this time. Thanks. Um, uh, Either of you going to order it and then uh, looking forward to listening to this new episode. Keep up the great work, guys. Thank you, JP, for that. JP. And just rewind the episode. You're good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You can you can have ours and, and then you get all three. If you want to go that route. Uh, here's a name that we all know at this point. Uh, the inevitable Curtis Ackerman. Why isn't Curtis on more? Curtis knows a... what he did to me. <laughs> Curtis knows what he did. But then uh, Steve Obeg responds with, probably because you can't super chat your own shows. Very, very wise man, Steve-O. That is true. Although... Do you think it... Do you think if we started doing lives and didn't have him on them, then we would get all the Ackerman dough? I, I was wondering that, but I still, when we came up with, I, I want to throw this out, out here to anybody who uh, who wants to hear a little behind the scenes. When we when we first were talking about doing the amalgam of Just Shelve It and Legends of Grace going to Offworld, the one thing that I threw out there that I thought would have been funny is if the only way we let Curtis talk is he had to give us a super chat first in order to have any kind of a commentary yeah. into the episodes. It didn't we go need, over, but I still think it's viable. We need to revisit that. <laughs> I like think every, it is a good idea. Every dollar he PayPal's me gets him a minute worth of talking. Uh, well, then well then, what gets me is right under that, Jonathan Donath actually says, feels like there should be more Curtis, and there's a lot of 
There, there's love there, but oh. at the same time, here's the thing. It, it, just to our listeners, here's the thing. If you got Curtis on every single thing, you have too much Curtis after a while. The man is everywhere. That's it's like Legends of Grayskull is our chance that we can actually like have a controlled Curtis. And I can... We'll invite him on. He can come on and have time. And then he goes off and does just shelve it or off world. And it's and actually you know. enjoy my time without Curtis. I don't have to correct him all the time. See the, the thing for me, for me, it's funny. It's like, I end up becoming the audience when you two are on together because you go back and forth with each other and jab all the time. But there is a certain amount of, wow, we both get to talk because Curtis can be a little like, he not not that he's a bad person, but he does have a very forceful presence if he wants to communicate with people <laughs> at times. Therefore, it is kind of nice to have these just you and I moments where we get to talk and we we trade opinions and stuff. So that works. Right. And then, uh, so let's get back to this real quick because we are trying our best to not rabbit hole, but we are at already an hour and twenty four minutes. So we'll see yes, here. Uh, Chris Geis or Oz, Ostradamus Toys on YouTube. What kind of wax do you use to shine your head? Asking for a friend. Well, I'll tell you what. What? I thought you said uh, putty. Is that what you said? That's all you, buddy. Oh, that's all me, buddy. Okay. I have hair. I got got wax and ears. That's the thing. So, honestly, nothing. I just go in, I shower, and then I put a little moisturizer on my head so that I don't flake too often, and then I'm happy and I'm good to go. So that's about it. Nothing crazy. That's all natural. All natural, yeah. So uh, our final one for uh, our comment section on this episode is Jacob Hicks. And this is going to be... Jacob, what's up, buddy? We're, we're not going to be in Motu exactly with this one. Um, okay. Favorite comic book character... Didn't have a Motu question, he says. So uh, I'm cool with us doing, if you want to do DC and Marvel, instead of doing, like, out of everything, this is the absolute character, if you want to go there. Or if you oh, want to do a top three or something, if, if one doesn't grab you enough that you need to have more than one, I'm easy. Because it's kind of fun to I have just, this I support. haven't... I haven't read a ton of comic books in a lot of years, so I guess I just got to go to my old standby as uh, Spider-Man. That's He's definitely the one that I bought the most comics for over the years, and um, yeah, he's a great guy. So Okay. Um, so I'm going to do it by DC and Marvel just because I'm that guy. Um, yeah. I mean, you've always been more of the comic guy than me. I, well, I, I like comic characters, but I yeah. don't necessarily read. Well, hi, Sean. There we go. We're back. I don't necessarily read comic books a lot. So, all right. Well, see, and, and for me, it's like, I don't have, even if I say so, such and such is my favorite, then it's like, but there's also this, and there's also this, and I yeah. can never actually, it's it's like kids, you know, like, if you say one is your absolute favorite, you, you're going to miss out on something cool another one will offer, or whatever, and so, like, if it was DC, it's, for me, it's like a three-way tie, I, I, I grew up with Superman, always loved Superman, but then I always, like, when I was a kid, I also found out about Firestorm, Firestorm is, like, right neck and neck with Superman, and Green Arrow is also up there, 
he's my Batman because I love that he's so brash and he just tells people off and stuff instead of being like Batman where he's all stoic and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that that would be for DC and then for Marvel it would have to be I love Colossus. He's such an iconic looking figure plus um the artistic side and then uh Spider-Man and Daredevil. I love the Spider-Man has real world problems and he's always he's always got that going on plus the superheroing. Yeah. I always like that Daredevil has the romantic drama crap and and guilt dealing with what he's doing and and plus it was always cool to go he's a freaking blind guy going out there and being a ninja <laughs> at night i i always thought that was so freaking cool fair enough so yeah i love there it there you go thank you jacob all right i think that's a show that's a show and we got it in under two hours this is awesome well under <laughs> All right, guys, we want to thank you for tuning in today. Uh, go ahead and check out Legend Daddy Group. Um, head over to Offworld and shoot in the shelf. Make sure you're subscribed over there as well. Um, if you're watching this and you haven't subscribed to us yet, please do. We're like 30 guys show, short of 1,000. Like, Whoa. Get this done already. Like, yeah. Come on. come on, Legend Daddy. Yeah. Also, yeah. real quick, uh, if you if reviews, uh, we haven't had a review in over a year on the podcast, at least on the Apple platform. So if you want to go on uh, the podcast apps, whatever podcast you listen to, and give us a review, write us a review, give us some stars, feel free, because it's been a while. Absolutely. And uh, thank you, guys. And until next time, read some comics. Oh, come on. Oh!